And welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who are made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. Kendon. And Chris. Chris, welcome to Club South End. Thank you. Um, okay, so Chris, you are here because you know Tim. And you guys have known each other for a long time, right? For a long time. Uh, high since, school, yeah. Yeah, since it's great when he was drawing pictures of me in class. <laughs> Drawing pictures of Tim in class? Uh, I don't remember this. Yeah, he did. What? Like you just? <laughs> I wish I still had it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like just in class, just doodling and and. Uh, he had a. I don't know if you guys remember starter coats. It's made in the eighties, so that's yeah. something starter coats. So him and his twin sister both had uh, starter coats, and I might have drew a picture of uh, them and their respective uh, jackets. Yeah. they had different teams. Yeah, one was the Eagles? I yeah, remember. we were like a rap group, and it was same coat, different team was the name of our album. I wanted that. I remember. I, I wish I still had it. I wanted one of those so bad. Oh, man. I was fighting hard. I ended up with like an Eagles one. I ended up with a Reebok jacket that was kind of similar. It was for the Panthers. Yeah. And I wish I could find it now. That was such a smooth jacket. Like Carolina Panthers? Carolina Panthers. They are coming back in style now. Yes. (laughs) Actually, I still have my starter looking jacket, but it's FUBU. It's a black one that says Dirty South on the front. Wow. For when that comes back around. Just in case. (laughs) Another 10 years. The on the box I, I put one thing that I can think of in my life on layaway. That was it? Yeah. Do you remember Buckle? N- yeah, store? Uh-huh. That's yeah. Store. Still around? It might still be around. It was around. I mean, Mall South Center, yeah. Yeah, South yeah, Center has it one. It was open. It like opened the summer before I started UW. And I was like, I have to have that. I have to have that jacket. You want to be on campus with that jacket? Yeah. Shalia <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. knows that jacket. I do know that jacket. I know that jacket I very well. I worked Whistler several times. It's all right. It's it was a good, a good choice. Keeps you warm. But no starter jacket. I was always yeah. They're coming back in style though. They're bringing them back. All right. So Chris from Seattle. Yes. Originally born so, and raised. That is correct. All right. Well, are you familiar with Club South End? Uh, no. This is all uh, new. Tim just said uh, show up today, and I'm yeah. and I'm here. Pretty much. Well, we're glad to have yeah. you. All right, okay. You. So our topic today is Scarface, and as soon as we said we were doing Scarface, Tim was like, "My friend, my friend Chris has got to be the guest for this one." Yeah. Um, can you just tell us why why you think Tim identified you as the person for this episode? Um, maybe I might look Cuban, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know if that's, if that might be it. Um, I know in uh, college uh, I did a I majored in fine arts, and so I know one thing I did was I did this huge like five feet tall like uh, painting of Scarface, like the VHS cover or whatever. And it was for my art show senior year, and you have to do a description of like, what's the name of the piece, you know, who did it, what it's made out of, and so I put it was a acrylic paint in cocaine, as far as the black and white. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing that I remember. So I'm not, yeah, we got a picture. Probably, yeah, that Tim's, is yeah, I've seen dope. that piece. Yeah, okay. I'll send you a picture of it. Okay. Picture, so I the picture, picture you were drawing in high school was good then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still now. Yeah, it might be a little accurate. I drew yeah. a stick figure or two yeah. in high school. Yeah. I will say Freehand? we're we're in the same <laughs> we're in the same fantasy football league, and as you can imagine, there's a lot of trash talk. And yes. if you're playing Chris, there's a there's a chance he may Photoshop you onto something. Uh, oh no! It's a chance. Yeah. It's okay. happened. Good. good. <laughs> I don't want to give him any ideas to try to be on his good side. All right. Good to know. We'll be very kind during this yeah. uh, episode then. He doesn't know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we're going to talk about Scarface in a minute. But first, do we have any news? Uh, cat's trailer. I was going to yeah. say the cat's trailer. Uh, no. Uh, really quickly, we're, we're getting two more Halloween sequels. What? Yeah. Halloween got rebooted last year. So they're doing two more sequels. One is called something something halloween and then like halloween ends like the last one so we get one in 2020 then we get one in 2021 
I'm having problems with like closure issues. Like I just at some point I just want it to be done. I don't understand. Well, here's the deal. The first one cost ten million and made like two hundred fifty five. Yeah, million. so it's not ever going to be done. So it's they made. Just, they're like, we're definitely getting a sequel out of yeah. this. I feel like this is like the forever culture. Like, yeah, it's just a, a stream of things that you're. Yeah, you're not going to get rid. of. I mean, those movies have been around mm-hmm. since 1978 in different iterations. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not going to wish it out of people's lives. Like, obviously, it's got a huge fan base. So yeah. just because I'm tired of it doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. You, also, you're you tired of it because you don't even watch those movies. No, no I don't. Yeah, you don't even watch <laughs> No, because they're scary. Yeah. The little black kid was great, though. Did you see it the last Halloween? It's on HBO right now, but the little black kid was hilarious. Because he ran out the house. He was like, if you go out there, you're going to die. Yeah, get out. That was the last time we saw a little black kid. He was out of there. And Survival. The other piece of news is The Witcher. Netflix is The mm-hmm. Witcher based on a series of books, based on a video game, starring everyone's favorite Superman. Henry Cavill released a trailer. Um, that is out. I was We were talking before we recorded about... Wait, not Brendan Routh? Everybody's no, favorite No, that's Superman? not everybody's favorite Superman. Or uh, uh, Christopher Reeves? Not Christopher Maybe. Reeves. Okay. Or Dean Cain? Hey. Dean no. Cain might be my favorite hey. Superman. Um uh, no, Chris looks a little Filipino. Dean Dean Cain is part Filipino. So he is. We'll claim yeah, him. You, we'll claim <laughs> him. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah. So one of my coworkers was complaining that there aren't two swords that he carries in the film, and, and well, at least in the trailer. Maybe we've he seen. picks it the second one up. No. Uh, well, so I've played the games and read most of the books. Yeah. Are you so, a witcher? Are you the witcher? I <laughs> thought you were going to say no. I'm not. <laughs> in, the game, in the game, yeah. People say, "Are you the Witcher?" Are you the Witcher? It's just like something a townsperson might be walking by. It's just because they recognize you as the Witcher because you're carrying two swords. Well, also because you're a mutant, essentially. Yeah. So he's got like pale white skin. He's got cat eyes. Mm-hmm. Like basically, they take these things. They call them mutagens, which is kind of a like a pseudoscience and magic put together. Mm-hmm. And so basically, he has like cat-like reflexes and all of this other stuff. But like, he's an outcast. Yeah. Right. People don't like like him. Kind of like mutants and like a hitman just walking around the town. Yeah. Sort of. N- like yeah, a desperado slash like an exterminator. Yeah. Like people need you, but they don't want you around after you finish your job. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's like why are you still here? Right. You're kind of a <laughs> like your plumber hanging out in your house. Like you yeah. my sink. <laughs> and so he has two swords generally because he needs like a steel sword to fight humans and a silver sword to fight monsters. So if you if you if you see him with only one sword, I mean. Hopefully it's the silver sword and maybe he has another weapon. And what does the silver sword do? The silver sword, the monsters in the world that he hunts are more susceptible to silver, mm-hmm. basically. So, Like Valerian Steel in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I guess so. Except for Valerian Steel is really good against humans. Yeah. Right? Silver sword, I, I think silver is probably too soft, mm-hmm. generally a metal, so you wouldn't use it against armor like what humans wear. Right. But and, and you know, there's what silver bullets and a silver stake to the heart for like vampires and werewolves. So I think it's just it's really interesting. This is like a it's based off of a Polish book series, mm. um, and then the games are based off of that book series. Yeah. So it's got a lot of that culture in it. Yeah. So a lot of that folklore. Yeah. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. So that's coming soon. They they debut the trailer because this weekend is San Diego Comic Con so mm-hmm. there'll be a lot more trailers to come I imagine over the next couple of days yeah I'm kind of excited Kenan did you watch the trailer yet yeah but I didn't listen I had it on mute <laughs> just a voice this over. is why I, I don't watch them until I'm like in the right place where I can see my screen really well and I can also listen and like, have my reaction so they said specifically that it's based off the books <clears throat> and not the game series so it might have some huh. differences from the game series but like I 
I mean, I don't kind of care what the story is right now. Right. Like, they'll probably tell a good story, but it's a world. It's the world building that'll be interesting. And so I was watching to see the different characters. So they have, um, there's two sorceresses that he is involved with in kind of a love triangle thing and then an adopted daughter. Yeah, I saw because, the daughter. She runs away. and Yeah, cause, because he and any sorceress are sterile because of the, the magical processes that happen to them. So they have adopted like this. Actually, it might become spoilers. So yeah, but yeah. There's, but the, it's a really cool world that this guy thought up. All right, yeah. awesome. Also, thinking of really cool worlds that somebody thought up. Um, some news is that Harry Styles is in talks to play Prince Eric in. I was going to say in Ariel, <laughs> in The Little Mermaid. Does he look a little young? She's. I young. mean, she's pretty young too. No, she is. But I'm. Th- I mean, the Prince Eric. Maybe it's because he looks kind of small. Prince he, yeah. I thought he looked broad. a little small for Prince yeah, Eric. Yeah, that's maybe a better word for it. He looks tiny. Also, Prince Eric had appeared to me as like the olive skin almost prince um, when Little Mermaid came out. And so that was a little bit weird to have like a very, very white British guy. But we'll, I we'll love him. I like Eric Also, stuff. Prince Eric doesn't sing. So, I mean, it's not like they need it. I don't like he doesn't sing in the cartoon. Yeah, sing, but they no? might add a song. Right. Like they must be adding something because I'm pretty sure there is no Prince Eric song. Have they added a song to most of the ones? that They added out? a song to Lion King. And they added one to uh, Aladdin. Aladdin as well. I don't think they added one to Beauty and the Beast, though. I, no. Oh, by the way, uh, Aladdin. No, not Lion King. Is it Ala- uh, no, no. Uh, one of them just showed up on Netflix. Is it Aladdin? No. Oh, no. The Princess no and the Frog but, showed up on it. Yeah. I know that. And oh, so you're talking about the cartoon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lion King's on there, too. Yeah, I think I saw The Lion King, but I've seen it before. I have not seen The Princess and the Frog, so I was thinking about watching that. Oh, you should. It's okay. It's not a bad film. It's just... Not bad. Just for completion's sake. I was thinking about watching it. <laughs> Fair. Chris, what do you think about these remakes? These Disney live actions? Uh, well, I actually went and saw Lion King the other day with my family. <gasps> and? and? Yeah, it was good. I usually... For the kids type movies, I usually do that to my wife to to take the kids to that. But I I did make it out of this one. That's um, good. Dad should be. Did you cry? In Lion King. Uh, didn't didn't cry. No. But did your uh, kids cry? Did they hug you afterwards? Uh, like, we actually so we had the reserve seating, so me and my wife kind of snuck away from my kids and kind of let them uh, a couple rows back. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Where did you guys see that? Um, it was at the rent landing. Yeah. And so, nice. No, I like we, that place. We were close. We can see them in case they got kidnapped or anything. Uh, but it was. Good, just uh, excited to see Beyonce in a uh, in lion form. That was that was that was nice. <laughs> Beyonce in lion form. <laughs> yeah, her new song only plays once. And it just, it plays in the background, or do they sing it? It plays. No, they don't sing it. It just yeah. plays as they're headed back to the Pride Land. Spirit. The Pride Land. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Um, any other news? Yeah, I've got a couple. First of all, how do you feel about John Cena in Fast and Furious Nine? I think they're. I don't think the Rock is coming back. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see those two personalities. That's what I was movie. thinking. Yeah, I was like, I, I yeah. like it because. Well, so here's the thing. Him and Vin don't get along. I am good with John Cena. Oh, right. So he's, Rock is now Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Like he's done his spinoff. He's not in the Fast and Furious anymore. He's in the Fast and Furious world. I guess that would yeah. be okay with me. So I'm here. Here's this. I am on like, <laughs> for general principle, positive on John Cena being in anything. Okay. Especially if he's like, a criminal, because that was part of <laughs> no, or, or or a dad. Well, no, no, <laughs> a dad of a like, teenager. The Rock, the Rock is still a cop, right? I no. don't know if he still has is a badge he, no. by Hobbs and Chaw. Yeah, he's not the DA anymore. Or whatever? Yeah, no. Okay. 
So I was about to say he, he, he just was hanging guy. out with criminals, and he was he was law enforcement. So yeah, for sure. I feel like the next he like joined be, the group. Yeah, he just joined. Okay, well, I don't. know. That's kind of exciting to me. I like I like him, especially since I saw Blockers. Yeah, yeah. that was what sold me on him. John Cena is great. So also apparently Netflix has removed the suicide scene from Thirteen Reasons Why. Yes, they did. I find that interesting. It's so also Midsummer. Also got <coughs> an N seventeen NC seventeen rating. Yeah, it needs it. You think so? Yeah, there's frontal male nudity and graphic violence. But nobody would see it if it was NC-17. That's also the risk you run with NC-17 movies. Remember we were talking about that dude who shot that movie with just a bunch of butts in it? It played it like the Cannes Film Festival. It would just like, like turn this girl's butts through the whole movie. And there's like a 20-minute like oral sex scene in a bathroom in the movie. And people are like, they should just release it. I was like, it's going to be NC-17, and then no one's going to watch it. The The, the last NC-17 movie I saw was Shame uh-huh. with Michael Fassbender, and it's because it's got frontal male nudity, and he's like a sex addict. And so there's a lot of sex in it, but it's not really about the sex. It's kind of about this dude. He's kind of like a drug addict. And it's, it's uh, Steve McQueen directed, the guy who did 12 Years a Slave. Oh, it's a fantastic movie, but nobody really saw it because it was... So I remember watching that, um, what is it, this (coughs) film is not yet rated, and how there is some things about like, okay, you you submit it, and then you're going to get a rating, and then you have to decide whether you're going to edit some things out in order to... Have reach a wider audience. Yeah. So is that still happening? Because I don't hear I mean, a lot about NC seventeen movies. And is they it said that they there's an extended them? mix, yeah. uh, uh, an extended version coming. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious what they cut out. Yeah. What did they cut out? Yeah. Considering what was there, probably that other couple that was there, Could or we, the dude from Detroit, because we don't see what happens to him when he walks off. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's people who sort of things happen to them off screen. I imagine we're seeing that. Yeah. There's probably Wait, so sex, you guys, violence. in your yeah. screening, do you think you saw the NC-17 version no. or a different version? No, we saw what was coming no. up. Oh, universe. I see. No. Okay. I, I mean, I didn't think it was bad compared to any other reader I've no. seen. No, but I could see someone wanting to be like, eh. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so a little bit of news that I have is that in Seattle, we have a whole bunch of new bunnies around, um, like these little brown bunnies bunnies are everywhere like in my friend's yards and like kendon's been sending pictures on campus at uw lately like there's these little brown and i think they're cottontails based on this article that kendon sent so the news is that because i've been worried about this because we also have these like little orchids everywhere these purple orchids that have just shown up there like they i remember for the first time seeing them maybe five years ago and being like oh this is weird tiny little orchid and now they're everywhere, and so I'm a little been bit panicking about invasive species. I, I am. I'm a little bit like coming from Hawaii, where we're very protective of like what is going to take over our our environment. So like, I, I, these orchids are everywhere, and I'm a little bit worried about yeah, indigenous species and whether they're invasive or natives. No, the opposite. The ones that oh. were already here, and like, are these orchids taking that over? Or are they bad? And I've been a l- and the bunnies are really cute, but I've also been a little bit worried. Like, is this a bad thing? So the good news is, according to a Seattle Times article that you all should read because you know trust but verify. My quick read of it is that these cottontails are not bad. They are. They were introduced like a hundred years ago for hunting reasons, and they've just naturally kept breeding like bunnies and so there that's why we have so many of them but they're not like harmful to our our environment it's still bad to like do your pet bunny and like leave it out there because those are bad but the cottontails are not dangerous that's to not our environment quite what the article says dang it that's what i read 
It said, don't worry. I mean, they're, they're pests particularly for people who garden. Yes. Okay, yeah. They're not dangerous unless you're a gardener. And their population explosion has been over the last, say, few years mm-hmm. because we've been having these more mild summer or mild winters. Mm-hmm. So this is, there is a market increase in their population. Yes. There's more of them and there's reasons why that are probably our fault. But they're not like, it's by not them a- running around, it doesn't mean that like birds are not being able to eat as much and dying off. Because that's what I worry about. Like the whole thing about if you put your cat outside, like outdoor cats are harmful to native bird species because they rabbits aren't predators, so we don't have a problem. With exactly. That. No. So it's okay. This is this is my point. Unless you have a garden. Unless you have Unless a garden. You have a garden. And then <laughs> you just gotta you work a little garden. harder. No. No. You get your stuff stolen. Just eaten. <laughs> what, mean, wait, wait, what, what cartoon was that where the rabbit was eating all? That? I mean, that was, was Elmer it? Fudd's whole thing. Right. It was like killing Bugs Bunny because he's Some, stealing his carrots. Peter Breyer or something. Yeah, it's well, like a rabbit. Peter, Peter Rabbit. Briar, Briar Patch. Peter Rabbit. There's the um, one that I just watched. I forget the name of it on Netflix. Watership Down. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. That's sad those one. are like so. That's what I'm thinking. Like these, like you know, really violent rabbits out well, here. No, they and, are like, violent. They with <laughs> each other. Yeah, but. With each other. So, yeah, they're not endangering the... It's it's like it's not like rabbit gentrification, right? They're not pushing out anybody else. They're just increasing our population in that? Seattle. Yeah. They could be pushing out the squirrels. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been worried about. And that's why I'm happy about the article that it said I don't have to worry about that because they're not an invasive species. That's good. Good. Got yeah. it? It's good news. Good news. Chris, does it make you feel better? Have you noticed these rabbits around? Uh, yeah, I stay out in Renton, so I got rabbits, frogs, the Mexico trout farm, all that, so I see a little bit of everything. That's right, you yeah. Mexico trout farm. Okay. So you're, ooh, trout farm. Huh. In Renton? Uh, yeah, it's, they just put them in these little ponds, and kids come with little sticks, and I've done that. pull them out for, and they pay per inch or whatever. Oh, that's it's, so it's, fun. Uh, okay. Shoot, shoot fish per in a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Shalia, you were just in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. You were hanging out with my cousin, William. Uh-huh. His dad took me to probably that trout farm for like I think my first time fishing because you almost I think you were kind of guaranteed to catch something. <laughs> it's so, one is just short of shooting fish in a barrel. Are these yeah. trout like edible? Are they? Uh, yes, they have the option. You can have like a birthday party there, and they'll barbecue them there for you, or you just take them home in a ziploc, and they'll Whoa. gut them and everything for you. Wow! Uh, Springbrook Trout Farm, shout out! I don't know if you can add <laughs> money here on the podcast, but uh, there you yeah. go. Speaking of fish, I just, okay, I should have known this. I just found out why people always talk about their goldfish dying. Because they would get them and then they just put them in regular water and they're, they're saltwater fish. Yes. Yeah, that's like one of those like most troubling things is like the whole like I want a goldfish at the, gosh, like the and the fair. And like when you're walking and if you look at the ground and you see like little dead bodies on the ground. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. But I, like, I'm thinking about like after you get home, you're almost suffocating it. Like I didn't realize why they were like they would. I haven't done this before, but I just I've never had one of those. I just hear it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." They're not all waters equal. Yeah, not all water is equal. They're, but that's also terrifying. Yeah. So uh, friends can't see my hands, but I'm gonna show you guys. So uh, one of my friends slash like older sisters um, had a goldfish, like just like a one of the goldfish that you get like at a fair or something, and. <laughs> She had it for so many years, so many years. And it got to be like bigger than my fist, basically. Like it was fat and big and because she just fed it really well and knew how to take care of it. Anyway. You guys have ready access to salt water, right? Yeah, but she did this in Portland. Like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she was also ready access to salt. Well, I guess we do too. So yeah. never mind. Yeah. You just need to know what to feed them. So PSA, if you're going to get a pet, 
you know, just Google what they what their environment should be. Um, okay, so are we good with news? Yep. Yeah. All right. What are we up to? We're we're gonna be quick this week. I yep. promise, friends. This is this is the plan. Okay. So quickly, what have we been up to? Kendon, what have you been? I gotta go last. You're going last. Okay, Tim, what have you been doing? What are you listening I've to? I've been about rewatching watching? Fringe. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. How many seasons? Like five, I think. Four or five. Okay. So I just, I'm on season one, so I just rewatched. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. I haven't watched it since it aired, so Isn't it's been nice. Kind of like a glossy version of X Files? Yes. Does the science still hold up? No. No. <laughs> no, it never does. It's all it's all junk science. This is like, all like, of it is. What do you call it? Like dimensional? Like, yeah, they go to like another dimension and like. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All that stuff happens. The Watcher. I'm at the last. I'm on episode five now, where like where the Watcher shows up. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I forget. That, that's what been on like my bucket. Well, not bucket list. What do you call it? Your to do list. 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 <laughs> you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll appreciate your it. On standby in your queue. Yep. Basically. You'll, you'll Is it on Netflix? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Cool. All right. Chris, what are you up to? Anything you're watching, listening to, reading? Uh, let me see. Uh, my wife and I are doing uh, The Shy on Showtime. We're still trying to catch up on that. Um, you know, whenever our four-year-old allows us to do that. Um, so he, he doesn't watch The Shy? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll talk about him and catching me watching Scarface. He thinks so, the narrative is too basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's bored with this. Uh, so we got a couple more episodes on that, and then we jump into just shows together at night. Nice. So. Cool. Um, so what I have been up to is I just last night actually got back from Philly and it was my first trip to Philadelphia. So you know the steps? No, uh, I didn't make it anywhere. I got to see Benjamin Franklin's grave. Um, that's because, a weird place to go to. Well, because I'm going to a grave. I, I didn't know I was. So we were headed from the meeting that I was at. Um, we were walking to dinner and um, one of the guys from Philly like turned early so that we could walk past it. So I was like, okay, I did that. And it was funny because people were taking pictures and I was like, I'm not taking a picture yeah, of a grave. Um, apparently, Philly is extremely haunted, but not as haunted as Seattle, per our cousin. Um, but I did get to do like sightseeing in that um, when I the first night I got there, I hooked up with our cousin, and so he took me to a few great bars, and so I got to do that. Yeah, and, my, and, and real quick, just so oh, sorry, you don't eat meat. Just so friends know, my mother was born and raised in well, yeah, I was born and raised yeah. in Philadelphia, so, so we have family connection there. Yeah. But I didn't get to see any of that side. Um, oh. So I'll be back in like three weeks, and so I was hoping that Kevin would be able to come with me then and then we could do some of that like actual go the steps well yeah the steps the bell i was planning to see the liberty bell Um, have you bought your ticket yet yeah uh yeah so i'm going in august so that was the nice part about this trip was like i don't have the time to do any of this extra stuff but that's okay because i'm gonna be back soon um and uh we'll get a cheesesteak and let me know oh yeah no cheesecake but a cheesecake cheese steak but I did go to this uh, like cheesesteak shop and got a tuna melt. And it was the best bread I have ever had on a sandwich. Good. Like it was, I thought it was going to be hard. I was like, oh, this, I'm not going to like this, but I'm hungry. Oh my gosh. It was so good. good. So I did get like kind of a cheesecake, but not really. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. You got a tuna melt, which is fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's Actually, different. Not, a, not at all. Not saying. at all. <laughs> not at all. Melted cheese. Yeah, you got melted cheese. On, on a tuna steak. On a tuna steak. There you go. Right? Right? A see see what I'm doing here? Yeah, and then they cut it up and, and made it into a salad. <laughs> no. Okay. So, um, also, the meeting was held in the Constitution Center, National Constitution nice. Center. So, I was like, I was in a museum for two days. So that was cool. I got to see a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, so I did. Treasure. 
Yeah. Um, so the meeting was like through, I had to go through the Hamilton exhibit to get to the elevator to the meeting. And I was on the phone with Jabo, no. um, our friend from work. And there were all of these like footsteps. And so as I was talking to her and waiting for the elevator, I started just kind of like, you know, like those dancing kind of like guides yeah. or whatever. So I, I, I just started matching them and following them. And then I ended up standing and then I looked down and it says Hamilton stood here. And I was like, oh, I'm standing where Hamilton stood. Did you go into the Hamilton musical, start singing the song? No. Oh. They did not have that there. That's not. That's not. <laughs> say. Um, so, why did we talk about Philly? I forget. Are we talking about what I've been up to? Yeah. Is that where we're at? That's where we're okay. at. Okay. So, that is because, or so the reason I bring that up though is because on my way there, I made sure I watched Creed 2. Because I hadn't seen Creed 2 yet. And what better way to head to Philadelphia than watching a rocky progeny um did you cry did i cry i don't know but i was i was hyped like once again i don't know if you remember when we watched creed one but like i don't know if i actually stood up in the theater you stood up on the plane i didn't but i was (laughs) i wanted to like i'm just like oh shit like the fight scenes are amazing and that dude is a big dude what's his name he is a big dude it's a big guy. I liked it a lot. I would not want to fight him if there was a race war. No. But it was really cool. Oh, like, wait, wait, we're talking race war? I'm saying, like, if there's a race like, This like, is not like, the one I'm going to pick. It's like him, Brock Lesnar. I just avoid those guys. <laughs> I'd avoid them. Yeah, Terry Crews. These little teeny white nationalists. Yeah. I'll take those guys. Aren't those guys? No. Not so much. They've got Terry Crews. <laughs> just saying. Well, I did like. So I really liked the. Um, training scene and i was just like okay in the desert uh-huh oh, I was does, does he go somewhere with not a lot of equipment and start uh-huh. like lifting farm equipment sort of sort of but in not the, the same thing that was the cool it's thing not, about not it it was, it was still he went, new he went to a hot place instead of a cold place N- sort of <laughs> yes and also yeah. <laughs> surrounded hey, by a lot of brown people worked, which no, is kind of cool you know it, but it was different like it was just it wasn't a repeat completely because what they were introducing were new things that i had never seen like the it's tire it's like a mix of rocky three and rocky four wait a tire yeah there's like there's like they use a tire they put their and, foot in their tire and you can't so you can't each fight has you a foot in the tire close, and you, you have to learn how to do close body fighting I was say, doesn't he flip tires at one point yeah and yeah. he does that too yeah anyway i'm just saying it's like it's, a, it's you, new techniques. You've seen Rocky three and four. It's a mix of those yeah. two movies. It's yeah, Rocky yeah, three then he has and to Rocky learn how four. To, to like move his feet, but yeah. then doesn't doesn't Rocky not move? Rocky his feet doesn't change fight? anything ever. <laughs> Despite his training, he comes in with the same fighting style. He just wins. He just he just wins, wins this time. Same fight. <laughs> so Creed two, I highly recommend it. It sounds like Kendon still needs to see it. Um, you didn't even mention Tessa Thompson. We, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. should we stop for a Tessa Thompson Tim break? Yeah, it's or... a Tessa Thompson moment. Tessa Thompson Tim break? She, she has her own agency in this film. She has her own music. She's going to be singing in festivals, they say. We see her sing a song. She Friends. She's, a, out. she's a good mom. Tim has an ear-to-ear smile. She's great in this film. <laughs> she is, and she's she great. doesn't deserve him. I mean, he doesn't deserve her, I don't think. He doesn't cheat on her, which is good. He doesn't cheat on her, but I also am pretty, She's a little I mean, too supportive, in my opinion. <laughs> she's too supportive of her husband uh-huh in she my opinion less supportive yeah some of the oh, things shit. that he's doing especially he in like the first half certain things on a curve he's a man who chooses to get punched in the face for a living right yeah. we might need to he has some feelings yeah 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 it's funny you mentioned that because i was watching uh i don't know if you saw what's his face um who jumped the bull the cornerback who played for the redskins what's his name i'm spacing on the dude's name uh, he used to play for carolina 
He's looking at you because neither of us will know. Josh Norman. Josh Norman. So he jumped <laughs> the bull and people were asking him. He went running with the bulls and he like, there's a video of him oh. hurdling a bull. And they oh, asked him, like, cool. who are you scared? And he was like, essentially like, I run into people as my job. Like, I will full speed run and try to tackle somebody. Yeah, that's a bad answer so, to me. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of like jumping over a bull. Right. I do this, like, I'm lining up every Sunday and I'm doing this. Is 45 times. about getting scared? I mean, there's that. But he was like, the idea of Trampled? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure the team wasn't you know happy. You know what I'm thinking of, though? Is that, um, do you remember the Buster Rhymes video for, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Break Your Neck? Yes. Yeah. Where he would, uh, where he went up against like a ram and just mm-hmm. like smashed <gasps> his head against the ram. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a really funny scene. His dress, it was actually like a dress beer dress commercial. Dress. I thought it was a Mountain Dew commercial, maybe. Right, so he 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 did it in his music video. I think the Mountain Dew or the beer commercial did it first. Yeah, but yeah, yes. he just like yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He, yeah. He's like he's like, well, I, I I hit football players all the time, but more <laughs> like I have a big, massive, fast body coming at me. Yeah. I'm not. That's not as scary as it is for a lot of people. For me, yeah, but, and I know not, how to maneuver. I think that was his point. Like, it's not as scary as me as it would be for someone who sits behind the desk all day. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. So he jumped it. Yeah. Jumped I bet it. that team, like, I remember from watching Ballers that, like, the team gets pretty mad yeah. when you yeah, <laughs> risk He's putting stuff. himself at risk, yeah. even just for a broken leg if it doesn't kill him. Yeah, they start putting incentives in people's contracts. Yeah. Kind of remember Jeff Kent, the baseball player, like, got injured, like, riding a bike when they told him not to, and he lied about what happened. Yeah, and, like, they were like, uh. Yeah. Oh, he can't ride a bike? Yeah, he, he was like, motorcycle. Okay. Like, and he got injured. Like, Jay Williams got injured. But Rossberger got injured, so teams yeah. were like, "Yeah, we gotta like, you can't be doing this extra extreme." Exactly, stuff. no fun. Injured, who got? What, who's our pro bowler got injured playing like football in the sand? Like towards Achilles. Yeah, yeah, yeah sand's not Patriots, good for the yeah. uh, knees. Some of the Patriots like got a, like an Achilles tear or ACL oh, tear. They were on oh. the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're fine. Come on. Yeah, I don't care. That's me. Um. Okay. So Creed Two also got to see hidden figures on the plane, which I really recommend. You've so, never seen it? I had never seen it, and I have to wow. say, so Chris, uh, in April we spent a lot of time focusing on the space program, and so we like Ken and I were out in Cape Canaveral, so I got to go to Kenny Space Center and see some historic stuff. Then we watched a movie called The Right Stuff that was about the Friendship Seven and like the development of the space program. And I have to say, thank goodness I had never seen Hidden Figures You'd been yet. Well, I would have been pissed, probably. Been I wouldn't have appreciated everything like I did three months ago. But I also really enjoyed what I was watching because I was just like, I know what they're talking about. Right. I know these things. This is really cool that these women are involved in this stuff. John Glenn, of course, is just a wonderful human being, um, which is just funny that that's how he's portrayed everywhere yeah. consistently. Um so yeah, I ended up really. I mean, there are issues with it, but I ended up really liking it. That fake character they put in there. Who's the fake character? Um, what's his name? Is it Kevin Costner? Yeah, he's not a real person. Who's just like, well, of course not. Like one person who's in charge of everything. He's just, he like, didn't exist. Who's in charge of this? And it's like the guy. I don't believe he's in like a room above everybody else. Yeah, I don't believe that he's there's not a real any person. one person. He didn't knock down the sign. It says everyone gets to go to the bathroom here. That never happened. <laughs> um, and then finally. I bring this one up because of the movie that we're talking about today. I watched Predators. Oh, the with re- re- Adrian Brody. Oh, oh, I like that one. It yeah. was an intro and Lawrence Fishburne and, and lots Ali. of people. And Marshall and I mean a lot of people. That was but um, it was it was surprisingly the, the, the fun. Woman something Braga. Uh, no, I know her. 
I don't know her name. She was good though. She was good. To- uh, Topher Grace is in it. Topher Grace's role in that movie and like the explanation of why he's there. Yeah. Okay. And what's what's the, uh, Walton Goggins? My favorite. Who's he's that? The, he's the criminal guy. Okay, and then the guy. Give who, me a gun. The um, you got two big ass guns. <laughs> he's he was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, it's a really good movie, and the reason I had to bring fun. it up for this episode is because there's a moment where. There is a standoff between Adrian Brody and Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know if you call it a standoff, but do you remember what he says to him? Say goodbye to your little friends. Yeah. Ah! And I laughed out loud. Like, what? (laughs) Who wrote this into this movie and thought it would be funny? Like, it was funny, but it was pretty silly. But Lawrence Fishburne had been gone crazy being on that planet. Yeah, with his little friends that he's talking to. So it kind of made sense, but it was really funny. Did you guys, do you remember that that line? Uh, No. that's all about do it. I eat the cake would have been funny too, maybe. Yeah, uh, Lawrence yeah. Fishburne tells me. It was, the it was good. Like when the samurai, or he's like a yakuza. Yeah, yakuza. I liked him a lot. The, the katana. He, he goes up against the the blade on the uh, that the predator has. Yeah, I remember that being a good scene. It was. It was a very good. scene. I like the scene when they realize they're not on Earth. Yeah, so that was good too. The actress's name is Alice Braga. She and was, she was in City of God. That's what she was in. City of God and Queen of the South, which is something new. It's a new show. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly but recommend. She's a pretty it. Badass highly, highly recommend it. It's a it's a one off from the Predator stuff, but it, it works. It, it was one of the better Predator. Well, have there been four only? Predator Not one, including the two, Alien versus Predator movies. Yeah, this is yeah that would be three. A, it was a lot better than what we just watched. I was gonna say the newest one was kind of garbage. With the kid with the Aspergers. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna do Predator two at some point, right? Sure. Like it's like a nineteen ninety movie, maybe. I, I mean, remember. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That was a, I've been up to a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I had to end with that one. All right, Kendon. So I only what have are you one up thing. to? Um, I came downstairs and my sister was watching. My sister loves documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like she's obsessed. Well, no, I'm not obsessed, but fascinated with. So she was watching mm-hmm. one that's called, that was called like the Taco Chronicles. I heard about that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. This yeah. sounds amazing. It, what it, is it? All about, all about tacos. And it's, at least the episode I was watching was entirely in Spanish. So, I mean, there were subtitles, but it was entirely in Spanish. And my incarnate was like, oh, no, I just feel like if you're going to try to learn about another culture, like, you should, like, immerse into the language and, and not just have a white dude down there talking about tacos. But, like, and so the episode we were watching was about basket tacos, which is kind of like a mix between, like, food truck and delivery so these people will make just these these baskets. And by basket, I mean they, they're kind of barrel-shaped. And you're like half as tall as a person almost. Or maybe, you know. And they hang them off of like a, a, a moped or something like that. And they just stack them full of tacos. You're you're nodding over here like you've seen it or you've had these. Uh, well, I just I watch, uh, I, I watch the chef show quite a bit with uh, John Favreau yeah. uh, with my four-year-old. And he's like, Dad, let's watch the show with the guys that are cooking. Oh, I'm I like, All like right. that show. And so I was assuming since I watched that, the taco show showed up. And being that my in-laws watch it who are Spanish, like I usually have to change the settings from Spanish to English all the mm-hmm, time because I think mm-hmm. they switch it. And so you just saying that it was in Spanish, I was like, oh, I just thought I just had to change the settings. <laughs> because that's what my in-laws do all the time. So you've um, seen, the, so you did watch some. I've tried. I was, I was giving my son a bath, and I had the taco show on, and uh, I didn't get a chance to change the English. But okay. it's on my watch list because he likes the chef show so much that taco is going to be on our, our watch list. So yeah, the the basket taco episode was really interesting, but. The reason why I wanted to go last, because I feel like this might tie into where we're going with this episode with the movie, 
is I made kind of an observation. I want to pass. I want to pass it by everybody. As I was watching, it was it's a very more like the culture is more brown first of all, and like they had specifically they were talking about like some of these regions in Mexico. Um, actually, the natives there, not Aztecs, but whatever, like set, like tribe or culture was there. Some of them were. Um, allies with the Spanish against, say, the Aztecs or something mm-hmm. like that, which, you know, happened in, in our part of North America as well. But some of them basically got preferential treatment after the Spanish more or less won. And so they got to keep their culture, mm-hmm. right? And Yeah, history is the like the story of the victors or whatever. Is yeah. that what you mean? Well, no, that's not quite what I mean. I, or I like things that, that preserve are the ones who yeah, it, it, survived. Well, where I'm going with it, is that it seems like there's influences from the native culture all through that society. Yeah. And the people are much closer to the color of the people who are originally here. And it has me thinking about, I, you know, it's hard not to think about, you know, what's going on with the federal government and all that sort of stuff right now. But this whole idea of what is the difference between Canada and North America and then the rest of the Americas? And I think it's that North America represents what happens when you depopulate. Yeah. And you mass murder everybody. <clears throat> and Latin America is much more of a, a mixing in, you know, of of the conquistadors and the people who came. But that is, there's a, a difference between, like, I mean, we have a lot of Hispanic, Hispanic people here, so it's not like it's a, a straight cutoff. But I feel like the sort of people who are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, xenophobic about people south of the border. Yeah. I feel like that's where that uh, divide comes from, uh, along with the religion thing. Because it's, you know, Protestant North, Catholic South. And so um, the way, the reason, so I had that thought. And the reason it ties in is because then at the beginning of this movie, at the early crawl, I think it starts at ni- in 1980, mm-hmm. they say that um, Castro sent a bunch of his people up, um, like ostensibly so that they could join their families, but he also emptied his jails. Yeah. And then what did they say? Almost 20% or something. It was like one in five had yeah. criminal records. Yeah. And so that literally was, they're sending us their murderers. They're sending, like, I, I'm wondering, and we'll get into the movie, but, like, what are the negative impacts of, <laughs> of the portrayals in this movie? Yeah. Because, to be fair, this was a historical event. They didn't make it up. But they were basically talking about, you know, the the communist Cuban, you know, uh, Latino people sent their criminals up here. And they created these all of this violence. And there's like a scene very early, one of the first deals. And it seems like they're in a little re- retirement um, apartment. And there's a bunch of a bunch of the people come out, look like retirees, like white retirees. Yeah. And there's people murdering each other in the streets. And so, not obviously that is justified, but I'm just curious. Like, what are these things that have led to this divide that, that make people xenophobic of people south of the border? As opposed to, uh, clearly, we people are not worried about Canadians. Yeah, I mean, so you see this, and they, again, watching this as an adult um, versus as a kid yeah. or a younger person, and I caught on to a lot more of, yeah, there are probably some very negative influences coming from this, but also they talk about them within the movie, about, yeah. like, you're making us look bad and things like that. So I think that is a great segue. You guys ready to get into Scarface? I'm ready. All right. The American dream had a price tag, and only one man in a million was hungry enough to pay. Scarface, for one brief moment, the world was his. Scarface, 1983, made by... 
Are you asking De Palma? me? Yeah, Brian De Palma. And starring <clears throat> it's Pacino. Stars, yeah, Al Pacino, Michelle Pfeiffer, Stephen Bauer, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio, who plays Gina, Robert Lugia, and F. Murray Abraham. Okay. Um, tell us, so 1983, where are we in the Godfather series? Because uh, we've got Al Pacino as Scarface in this. And or Tony, <laughs> is his name. I think one and two came out close to each other, and then three came out in like the early nineties. Yeah, the one that people hate. Um, yeah. I've never seen it. So I mean, but in terms of Al Pacino's status and playing this character, um, like where is he coming into that? Do we know? Yeah, we do. Hold on, let me look that up. The reason I ask well, is he's just already, he's he's made both of those movies by now, right? So he's got a name for himself. Some like you know, yeah. 1983 audiences <clears throat> going in to see this. Yeah. So in 72, he did Godfather. He did Scorpio in 73, Godfather Part Two in 74, Dog the Afternoon in 75, um, Cruising in 1980, and then Scarface was 83. Okay. Then he went to his Sea of Love. Godfather Part 3, Frank and Johnny, Scent of a Woman, Carlito's Way. He went into that whole mode after that. Wasn't he in that devil one with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, Devil's Advocate. That, I loved that because I knew I was going to be a lawyer. Man, man. You knew you were going to be a lawyer at that one? <laughs> I, I kind of did, yeah. Um, okay, so oh, you've... One other thing. This is a remake of sorts mm-hmm. of a 1932 film about um, Al Capone, if I remember. Which I've never seen, so I don't have any more information than that. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. So yeah. he was originally named Scarface because he actually had a scar. Yeah. Yes, and... And Robert De Niro was supposed to play this part. I could see that. But I think Al Pacino yeah. was pretty great. Yeah. De do we know why Robert De Niro didn't do it? I don't know why he backed out. Probably did something else, but he was supposed to play this okay. part. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you've got... So I, The reason I bring up Godfather is just... I, I feel like the audiences were probably hungry for this. In some way. I mean, it's so 80s in terms of oh, what's yeah, going on. It and it's, um, like you said, so Castro and um, uh, having so many people coming from Cuba in 80, three years later, I can see why it would have been kind of ripe for a so, movie about yeah. it. And because apparently there's all of this increase, or what is it, increased crime and influx of it and things like that. So, Chris, as our guest, would you tell us what Scarface is about? Uh, in addition to watching the movie uh, this past week, uh, I was doing research online and uh, on YouTube. Actually, I came across uh, there's someone that does like eight bit uh, video game versions of movies. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so the one for Scarface uh, had a few levels. First level was uh, just in the detention center where mm-hmm. a uh, recent uh, you know came to the states and they took care of the guy for the green card. Yeah. Um, that leveled him up to go to level two, where he was uh, able to do jobs such as uh, the scene with the chainsaw. And he was able to go there. Uh, once he survived that, uh, he leveled up to go to uh, the Babylon Club, kind of had that scenery and the shootout with the, the Diaz people, um, which ultimately, it was all pretty a short time span, took them to the shootout at the end of the movie. Yeah. So that and like that minute thirty seconds kind of wrapped up the movie for yeah, me, that's like in, in, in really video cool. game form. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's so a, what about his trip? It's an almost three-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> so what about the um, Sosa? Like he also gets to go international, and then like that's kind of a level up too. But they didn't count that one because that was a, like a 
that was a big turning. But there's these turning points in his life. Did you see in this film? It's him leaving the detention center. It's him, you know, the whole Tony. What do you, what do you know about cocaine scene with Omar? That they go to do that 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 buy with the chainsaw, and then you know, then Sosa, and all that. All that happens. Has there ever been talk about a prequel? Like I am very curious about his their... life in Cuba. Yes. No. Really. Yeah, I mean they're assassins, right? That's the tattoo. No, no. Yeah, that's the tattoo that he has. Is um like with he the pitchfork. He might have killed somebody in jail. It's like a prison mm. tat. Oh, it's I like, thought. Why his mom mm. like despises him so much? Like, what's the story behind that? Yeah, yeah. she's like, who did you kill for this? he's a contract killer. No. He's not a contract killer. I don't think he's a contract killer. But I think he does do dirty work for people. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just a general killer. Because when the mom or not, a criminal, because when the mom talks to her, talks to him, she's talking about like, oh, like going back to robbing bodega. She was talking about yeah. ro- robbing things. Like it sounded like he was not quite small time, but not, but not like he's not John Wick. So my inter- <laughs> he's not John Wick. So my interpretation of kind of the backstory was he started robbing banks and things like that, but then he became kind of an assassin. And that's the that's the tattoo because that's what the uh, agents, the federal agents in yeah. the beginning are referencing and saying the pitchfork meant that. And then the very first thing we see is that he does take out a guy for Frank um, or Frankie. Frankie. Frankie um, So, OK, that was a very I'm impressed. I That was like the best summary of a film I've heard, I think. Not to, you know put anybody else down but that was pretty cool well i am i am watching this 8-bit cinema as we talk Uh uh-huh and it's really good cool all right so friends definitely check it out maybe i'll try to link it so you can get to it easy but uh if i don't it's on youtube (laughs) pulp fiction is up next yeah but i'll pause I'll, i'll wait for later those do come up like um when i was looking for scarface then it was like things other things you may like and pulp fiction shows up okay how what would you guys like to start with on this cuz there's just there's so much to unpack. I guess let's start with just our introduction. So Chris, um what does Scarface mean to you? How old were you when you first saw it? What I mean you said that you did a project on it when you were in school. So why did you pick Scarface? Uh, I was probably a teenager when I first saw it, although okay. I do remember back uh when I was like young uh you know, I'd go to the movies with my parents. But you know, I'm about four or five. There's this one movie they didn't want to take me to. So they dropped me <laughs> off at of grandma's house. And I'm like, wait, how come I'm not coming to this movie? What's going on? And now looking back as a parent, I'm like, oh, good job, mom and dad, yeah. for not taking me to this movie as a five-year-old. <laughs> um, so you but, didn't show your four-year-old? No. Nah. Yeah, like, I, he tried to sneak in on the chainsaw scene. <gasps> yeah. like, oh, oh, my gosh. Let's uh, pause this and uh, you go to sleep. <laughs> um, what is So what is it about to me? Yeah. Um, what? what does it mean to you? I don't know. I think Tony, like, he really had like a growth mindset. We we talk about that a lot, yeah. and like he's like always just trying to get bigger and bigger, um, mm-hmm. and just like following your dreams. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the greatest person at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, he kind of rose pretty quick into yeah. what he was interested in, and uh, so I think that's what might inspire like a lot of the you know people that rap about it and you know have the posters up and the, stuff like that in their rooms the mtv crib staple yeah so yeah here's my scarface poster yeah. and it, it plays on loop 24 yeah. 7 it's like he dies at the end yeah. so following uh, your dreams i guess in a nutshell they don't end in uh, you being high and getting shot by in the back with a shotgun so is this kind of one of those tales of the american dream achieving yeah. american dream working yeah. for it yeah yes. yeah because it doesn't happen anywhere else 
like even the scene of them like no, bringing this one could happen somewhere else. bringing duffel bags of money to the bank yes and how the banker at first is like hey yeah. and then he's like oh yeah there's a lot yeah. of money here. <laughs> like where is that happening where that's you know frank and those guys Montenegro, yeah swiss banks that's all like money transfer or wire right. transfers right for me, I watched it super early. My uncle, the same uncle who showed me Nightmare on Elm Street, and and every other every other terrible movie seen. I should have never seen. I was just telling someone how I watched Phantasm as a kid, and it freaked me out. I still check behind my door at night because Phantasm. Never. I mean, I think Batman. So Phantasm is no. just a no. ghost movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a creepy movie about these. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you the trailer. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I watched it really young, and I can only really—I remember, I distinctly remember it coming on two VHS tapes. Oh, so like Braveheart. Yeah, it was like one, and then that stopped. We had to put it in. I remember like stopping the movie and putting another tape. I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. And I, I distinctly <laughs> remember the chainsaw scene. That was That's that the was, thing that stuck with me. That was intense. Although they don't show a whole no, lot, you just see his reaction. Like you see his and face. You hear the, yeah, but they don't even show his body at the end. Mm-hmm. Like when you. Return to the bathroom. Right. But I had what was like, what, eight years old watching mm-hmm. this? And Seven, you have an imagination. Eight? You can yeah. <laughs> think about what. I was like, oh, they killed that guy. I mean, you turned out fine. So does that kind of say that you can show it to people? Maybe I you mean, should. <laughs> it was so much, like back to back. I never really had a chance to really process the trauma. I just kept watching stuff that I shouldn't have been watching. And then, you know, then that was it. Then I was, I, I was mostly scared just being in my own head. Like watching scary movies, but Scarface was something that you know my uncle and his friends loved. They loved that. They're, he was at the age to like appreciate all the bad stuff about it and not take away any of the life lessons. <laughs> like, oh, and he's, you know, because this also the time when my advice was popular. In his 20s yeah, it was, yeah, he was just graduating high school at the time. Yeah, I mean, of that, course, it's something he liked. That is something. I mean, I think maybe in this, like, we're gonna have sprinkling in our influences throughout, and then we can definitely yeah. address any that we haven't come up with. But like, just the quotes and the oh, I have the quotes. It's it's just it's in so much of our culture. Why do you think this like hit for so many people? I think because what it's kind of the American dream. It's this guy like what Chris said. It's a guy who worked hard to become who he wanted to be. It's it's the dream that. Like, if you listen to, like, the GOP, it's what they sell people. The idea yeah, it's basically you like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and nothing can stop you. Look at me. I'm a poor immigrant. And I came here and I made something of myself. Despite the business you're in is cocaine. But all that aside, like, I came here with nothing, with a penny to my name, and look what I turned myself into. People like, love those stories. But, like, a couple of decades earlier and maybe with a different name, he could be at the top of a pharmaceutical company right now. For sure. And earlier, he could have been in The Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, it's the American. I think that's why it resonates with people so much. And but on the flip side, I think as a film, like it's such a beautifully shot film and like well directed, despite it being super long. Like it's a like a spectacularly made film. Even that sequence when they're in before the the chainsaw, like those close ups and, and the pan outs and these you know these shots back at the car where they're waiting, like all that stuff is great. I also get the impression that like the violence and the things you see here, like it was. Almost shocking to me at certain points. And my guess is that that sort of violence was not something that you were seeing in movies a lot yet. It was more cartoonish. It wasn't. This was like. This felt guttural. Brutal. Yeah. It felt real brutal. I mean, dude gets like, um, I don't remember his name, but um, where they say the Colombians say he's an informant. Yeah. They like cut his throat and hang, hang out him. Of him. I was like, like 
Can you success. Imagine, it. Like, That's success. Like, I, I, I'm guessing the movies in the 70s weren't going that far. No. Well, I thought it was interesting because, like, I thought they were just going to throw him from the helicopter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this was more clever because now they have the body contained. Like, they don't have to go down and, like, collect it. It's like it's theatrical. It's their hanging. It's theatrics. I'm going to watch him hang from the helicopter. Very interesting. Um, well, also, okay, so sticking to that point, um, I thought it was – so when they're – so they get out of the detention camp and they're working in a food truck. Yeah. And – Tony is saying, he's like, I didn't come to America to break my back. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's complaining. So it's funny because, like, this American dream and, like, I, that's not what I, when I think of the people that I know who've moved to this country, that's not what I'm thinking. I think yeah. that they are, like, uh, of the people that I know coming and expecting to work really hard and doing that. And, like, his mom is an example of it, too. Of Like, I'm okay working hard. Um, right. But he's but like, he's like different. No, she's not a success. No, you're point. right. She's not making the money. She's just kind of she's another in cog in the wheel of just you know yeah. survival. But like he's just like brutally honest about what he wants, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to break my back. I want to be, I don't know, I want to be rich. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Okay, so the, his mantra is like, first you get the money, then you, you get, get the, the power, power then respect. you get the respect, then you get the women. Yeah. I think he went straight to women. Yeah, <laughs> that was just I'm pretty, like I'm yeah. saying. I'm pretty sure money, power, respect. I, 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 have, I have the quote here from like 19. Well, he said it a couple times. Though. In this country, you got to make the money first. Then you get the money. You get the power. Then when you get the power, you get the women. That's what he says. So you don't think the money, power, respect is I'm in this movie you, at all? Like you think that it's is purely a album? Yeah, no, I know it is. Like that's how I. So I will say my introduction to Scarface is um, is is that like it's it's me growing up in. 2000 and having all of this like who put this together me that's who like having all of these in the music that i'm listening to <laughs> that was my and then in college actually seeing the movie um so yes I, I believe you but i really thought that he goes for the respect in there too at some point but i don't know maybe he doesn't yeah i was just say i mean you mentioned the detention centers just before we move on um just Tim was saying how beautifully shot it was. Um, I mean, those detention centers compared to what we're seeing today yeah. with the right? Trump, so those were like the Waldorf Astoria of detention centers compared to what we're seeing online today yeah. with, uh, you know, everyone packed in with with ice and all that. So um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting contrast. It was right, and uh, and just um, I, I, again, surprised. I don't think we picked this movie because of we were going to get to have a glimpse of that, but. It's very relevant for today and like, our today's we, news. Born was it the la- last week or the week before that we've... Born at least LA. We've done yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, two yeah. yeah. And this movie, like I noticed right off the bat, I was like, this movie is about kind of about a migrant crisis and immigration and a drug epidemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are like two of the, the and connecting driving, the two. Yeah, the, the huge driving forces in our politics right. right now. And then, yeah, and in terms of detention centers, I mean, like this one was an interesting one because like it was kind of a little city within these fences like yeah. the, when we're first there, there he's playing basketball and they're kind of happy. Yeah. And then there's like the um, is it was it rioting? Is that what you would the call riot. it when they yeah. were kind of yeah. trying to fight out of there? Um, but just like even it was an it was an interesting glimpse because right like that it, we're hearing a lot about what's happening now. And I'm glad you brought that up because I I don't think we meant to be so relevant, no. but no. so but, yeah, there was a lot of interesting like. Almost homophobic things going on in this movie too. Yes. So at one point when they're questioning him whether or not he's going to be able to get in, like they don't ask if he's gay right out. They ask him a couple like you're a murderer. Yeah, have you been in prison? Et yeah, and, and then also do you like boy? Like do you like men? Like I, it was weird. And I was like, would that 
have would they have sent him back if he said yes? Is well, the question. Yeah. I think in that time period there were laws. I mean, there were definitely states with laws still on like against homosexuality. Like sodomy yeah. laws were still on the books. So yeah. And also the AIDS epidemic. Oh uh, yeah, mm, good point. Might have been when earlier. Is that is this a little earlier than that? This is nineteen eighty, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, the time. I don't know if it had exploded yet. It hadn't exploded yet, but I imagine it was. So I don't know. I don't think that's why they would have not had him come in. But but if, it was if, a type of crime. Like in, in many places, it was a crime. Yeah. So I can. I, it was an interesting one because I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, Stonewall was in what, the 60s? Yeah. And that it was absolutely a crime then. And then different states were behind in terms of taking that off their books and i mean we're in miami right so i don't know where florida was at that time but i think it could have probably been a state crime at that point just because it says it started the aids uh, epidemic started around 1981 okay so uh, they knew it was but this it was, that was 1980 that he was that he would have been going through the yeah intake. but the, yes and this film was in 83 so they probably sprinkled sure. some of that in sure. there sure. But that was a good point. Also, the treatment of women is just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> this movie? In it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just one thing before we yeah, move yeah. from the interrogation scene. Uh, as far as the TV edits, yeah. uh, oh. it's pretty funny. So as far as they ask, how did you get that scar on your face? Mm-hmm. Um, on the original version, it's you know, some sexual thing. But TV version, uh, did you get that from eating pineapples? What? Uh, that was very interesting. Yes. yes. Oh, that's Did you get funny. that from eating pineapples? This is the TV editor of that scene. That's actually yeah, clever because what is he going to say? How would I? How would that happen? Because <laughs> what did they say in the movie? Uh, eating. Pineapple. That's clever. Maybe I want that job. Like, whose job is it to like come up with like we're going to edit this and we're going to come up with a different word? Yeah. Because they say the f word probably about a couple hundred times in the movie. So like. How many different times can you switch that up for TV? Yeah. So. Did they take it out for TV? Yeah, that's where, yeah, they made a TV version and said, you know, there was a clip of like, here's some of the lines that they replaced. And so the pineapple one uh-huh. and didn't know what they did for the F word. but Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, because I think it said Blink-182 got their name from the 182 times the F word was said. What? In yeah. this movie? That's what I've read. But, that's really you know, cool. Yeah. What? Yeah. So they liked this movie. Uh, a lot of people did. Yeah, who didn't? Way yeah. too many people. Way yeah. too many people liked this movie. Yes. Okay. We'll so, get to, when we get to influences, that's where bulk of my... Yeah. So, okay. Well, staying here in the beginning, one more thing that I was going to ask about was... Okay, so Castro opened up basically his border to allow people to leave. But the opening crawl says that 3,000... Within 72 hours, 3,000 American or U.S. boats were headed there, and then yeah. they brought them back. Whose boats were those? The, like, did the probably, government send no, them? The, probably mostly expat, uh, what do you call it, immigrants from earlier. Who Had left. boats to just yeah. go pick people up? Yeah, by the night, because, I mean, so it was like the 60s when Castro took over from, I think it was the Batista regime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whoever got out then, usually people with money in particular, so they could be established enough to own a boat in Miami. Okay. Because that was like... want to pick up family. Okay. Because that's a lot of boats. That's like... Yeah. In my mind, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know it's how like that Dunkirk. works. People just on their boats going to go help. Actually, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, but 3,000? Yeah. Dunkirk got a lot of boats too. 
And that's a tie-in to our news, right? Dunkirk, Harry Styles wasn't yeah, in there Dunkirk. There you go. He was not Dunkirk. Okay, so, okay. Are we ready to move past that to yeah. what? To the Yayo, perhaps? I don't when, really know what we have to say other than it was... The Yayo song was the that plays is hilarious. Well, and that's going to be my... That was my favorite part. <laughs> I didn't know what the lyrics of that song were. <laughs> now you know. And it's Rush, Rush to the Yayo. Yeah. Yes. Rush, Rush to the Yayo. I love that. And it's great because they show it during a dance scene. Yeah. And you've got... I mean, it's so 80s. And you've got these girls with their big hair and their funny dancing. And they're I'm just like, yeah, you're all on it right Everybody's now. High. So many like, neon and to pastel it. colors. Or mostly neon. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. There's Push It to the Limit, which is the, probably the most popular song from this film. Oh, that, that song's from this film? Yeah. Okay. This this Push movie is going to be all influences. This discussion for me is all influences. Because right Push now I'm thinking of Rick Ross. Yeah. I think the first Port of song Miami. off of Port of Miami is Push It. It might be. And it's, it's, a, it's the sample of Push It to the Limit. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the Vice game mm-hmm. that had a whole Miami Vice uh, you're talking that? about um, uh, GTA. Oh, right? I was going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, totally. so Vice City. The, yeah. What are the called? first guys that they have the shootout or the, the chainsaw guys? Who are they dealing with there? Col- the, the Colombians. Those Columbians. are the Colombians. Yeah. I sort of. Colombians came later. No, well, he says he hates them. He hates Colombians. He tells right. them after the, after okay. the meeting. Yeah, we never. Do we ever hear backstory from that? No. He just hates Colombians. He hates them. Fair enough. Oh. <laughs> It's a fair enough. No, no, I mean it's true. Everybody has their biases. <laughs> I mean, within the criminal world, I, I yeah. mean, fair enough. Um, so that's that scene, especially the shootout at the end. The guy, him shooting the uh, the guy in the streets, them jumping in the car, and then the cops are coming. That I believe is the encompassing thought of the Grand Theft Auto. When they created Grand Theft Auto, they had to have been thinking of like that scene, maybe a scene from Heat. Maybe yeah. it's seen for one or two other movies, but that seems exactly like a mission. You know what I mean? Like, have you, have you guys played Grand Theft Auto games? I played it before, yeah. Yeah, it's just like you go, you go in to make a deal. The deal goes bad. You have to shoot the guys who are trying to shoot you. You jump into the car, close the door, and then you drive off, and the cops are after you. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, so one of the the Grand Theft Auto games that came out when I was in college, so around two thousand and two, mm-hmm. was called Vice City. Yeah, Vice City took yeah. place in the eighties. In That's Miami. Where, there's actually more pastel than this because it was probably it was also like influenced by uh, Miami Vice and stuff like yeah. that, um, and then songs like "Rush Rush to the Yeah would yeah. be on the radio, oh. but without my, without knowing what the word was, it was just like "Wow Why Da Da Yayo? like okay yeah whatever, but because um, it's also get buzzed off the Yayo. yeah, A-yo I really for like A-yo. that song. <laughs> I mean, so- but now you know what it's about. Now you know it's where so these terms dead come on from. the nose when yeah. they play it too. On the nose, yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> nose. good one, yeah. um, and some leftover. So that was one of my things about Grand Theft Auto that I loved the most was the radio stations. Oh yeah, that like you could just drive around and like change the radio stations, and it was really funny. Yeah, particularly <laughs> in the in like the uh, the t- the period games because the other one was in the nineties. Like uh, what do you what was the third one? San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas. Where it was kind of oh, based yeah. off like. like 90s gangster like or like west coast gangster la stuff la so gang the, the music there was really good um but the best part to me about this section of the film is tony's introduction to frank which yeah. leads to everything else that happens to him in the film and frank obviously gives him he gets two lessons and he meets elvira so he gets two lessons from frank and elvira the first lesson is lesson number one don't under, under underestimate the other guy's greed which which is a good like, one. Which sounds like a rule of acquisition from Star Trek. Yeah. Uh-huh. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And the second one is the famous one. Yeah. Is don't get high on your own supply. I didn't realize that was from this movie. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Frankie was smart. And she says it like it's something he tells everyone. She's like, don't get high on your own supply. Like she's tired of hearing him say it. Yeah. But it's he's, it's right because at the end of the movie, when we when we find Tony like burying his face into literally a mound of cocaine, it's the problem. That's the problem. I, and Frankie, I, I though, agree. is like, don't underestimate the other guy's greed. Like, that was his problem. That was his problem. Yeah. Like, he, I, he I, violated that rule. I think you're right to a certain degree. But the problem is that he's a sociopath. There's well, the, the supply is his power. Can't, like, like, has to be moving and also can't be, not be a sociopath person. Yeah. Like, it. it even when he talks about her at that dinner, he's like, her womb is so polluted she can't have kids. I'm like, what are you doing in this restaurant? But he's, I mean, that's where he's thinking. You see, okay, the thing I love about this is that you see it coming. Like, you see the ramp up. And, like, by the time he's saying that at the dinner, it's not surprising anymore that he's, I mean, he's already, he's been talking about this. He wants this. He's unhappy. It is really well done. Now, I I was interested in cinema and, like, making movies at one point in my life. And this was one that I remember being, like, well done the story was great in the way that they did it the tone and all of that yeah. and then like you were talking about the, the just the the shots and yeah. the way that they showed it like even that shot of him like the shots in the club are great that whole sequence when they try to kill him in the club is mm-hmm. great you know uh, what shot stuck out to me was right after he kills frank yeah and he goes he to elvira huh he doesn't kill he frank. has frank killed but he's, he's killed. been he's covered in blood yeah <laughs> right? like, literally and figuratively and he goes to Elvira's room, yeah. And her sheet, the like satin sheets, are perfect. And then his hand reaches out; it's all bloody. Yeah. I was like, I see what you're doing. It's a little on the nose, but also it was a good shot. Yeah. But do you notice that he doesn't get any blood on the sheets? No, he doesn't. When he moves his hand away, the sheets are still clean. Yeah. And then she has to decide whether she's going to go with him or not. She doesn't have a choice. Like but, the guy who takes the job. Yeah. Hey, do you want a job? Uh, sure, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was like, he going to say? No, I don't want a job with you. Absolutely. Well, that was pretty cool. That he like, said Actually, that. I was thinking about going back to school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about going to nursing yeah. program. Yeah, I'm in retirement. I don't know. But so, I love that scene because, and it's the scene we've seen replicated in other films where he's like, don't kill me. Don't kill me. He's like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. Oh, thank God. He's like, yeah, shoot that piece of shit. And that's, that's it. Yeah. He gets murdered. So I just, I think it's a little unfortunate because I think this movie, in terms of just movie making, filmmaking, is so great. But unfortunately, the story is so bad that like this is not one that i would uplift and be like everybody should watch this for yeah. learning how to make great films because i mean maybe i would yeah the, at this well, point. the, the dialogue it's, it's actually one of the most quotable films i think i've ever seen yeah I the dialogue agree. is great right up there with the princess bride yeah <laughs> a lot of good quotes like every day above ground is a good day Everything yes. he says. Well, and like, everything he says okay, in this movie. Technically, um, foreshadowing or not, tell me this. So Frankie's talking to Tony and he's just like, the guys who make it in this business or who last a long time fly straight. And yeah. you're not going to last a long time if you do basically what you're doing. And like he doesn't. He does not last a whole last lot longer. Long. He's got a couple of years. Uh, wh- how long I mean, so she's 20... Young Michelle Pfeiffer. Gina, or I was thinking Gina. So when he first sees Gina, she's nineteen. When um, she gets brought back from the club, she's twenty. I forget how old she is at the end. Yeah, that. This weird, is a few years. That weird obsession with his sister is the craziest part of this film. Um, okay, well, so getting into that, you guys know how much I love sibling bond. That's <laughs> yeah. the, my favorite thing of every movie, and how it's always about the family. 
And I think it's so interesting because he's not wrong wanting to keep her out of that life. But he like blacks out though. No, exactly. And his mom was not wrong to be like, I don't want you around her. Um, And it's so sad. Like, first of all, I'm just like, why don't you call your mom? Like if she would have just told her mom, I'm okay. I'm with, I'm with, this is who I'm with. I mean, I, the mom calls him and then he, he is blacked out. Like he is not thinking. Even in the club with the guy in the bathroom. I mean, I was glad about that one. That was like, yes, go get her out of that toilet. Like what? But but like the, the, the the music changes, the score changes. It's like a horror film. He's just like me. Yeah. High pitched noise comes on. I was like, he's literally seeing red. Remember the movie we watched recently and, um, in Popeye and, uh, I've already forgot his name, but the fiance like Blue? they changed the scene to red. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's movie, what I figure he's seeing. The movie, especially because it comes out in 1983, which makes sense, takes place over about three years. Yeah, from 1980 yeah. till 83. Sometime in like December 83 is what they're saying. The that's United. when I was born. Yep. Mm. So, but yeah. like, when did he? When did the whole Frank thing happen? In regardless, so three years is not yeah. long time, yeah. right? Like that is it's not a long time. That is so. Is that foreshadowing that he said that? Yeah. Because we've already yeah. seen his character and know that's that. If, of those two paths, we know which one he will take, and so we know it's, he will not last long. Always seems like it's maybe a little subtle. This was very much like, do this or else you're gonna. Yeah. It, it definitely. You guys have all seen The Wire, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of like, of like, Stringer. And and him and Avon, where Stringer's trying to be legit, and Stringer's more of a Frank character, who's more like, listen, I'm okay with what we're doing now. Let's 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 watch this money. Let's buy some real estate. Let's be fine. I'm not trying. We're happy. To, I'm not trying to battle someone. And like Tony is more of an Avon character who's got to be out. He's like a sociopath. He's got to be out there. He's got his name has to ring out in the streets. He's got to do all this stuff to be on top. That's well, no, 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 that I think you have it backwards. They don't even know what Avon looks like at the beginning. He's not out there. No, I'm talking about like season three, where the the two of them come to a head. And oh, yeah. I and thought Avon was more reasonable. Well, yeah, Avon reasonable. was a little more emotional, right? Like yeah. I, this happened, and we have to respond. Yeah, yeah. But he was more calculating. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not like was Stringer was, had, but he was calculating. But that kind of like, life. Like was I'm ne- thinking of that face that, he, and friends can't see it, but he would be like, yeah. You know, like he's stewing on something. Yeah. But that kind of life that mm. Stringer wanted was never going to be enough for Avon. And the kind of life that Frank wanted was never going to be enough for Tony. It was never going to be enough for him. And Frank was living a good oh, life. That, yeah, that makes sense. Beautiful wife, making good money. That was never going to be enough for him. I felt bad for Frank. I did. Me too. I was like, dude, like he could have just gone um, until the police got him. Or no, yeah. nothing happened to him. Or nothing happened. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but he did that to himself too. Like if he would have not put a hit on Tony, no, he did yeah. it to himself. He did do it not seeing that this was a dog that was going to bite his like actual neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. he did the right thing. He just f- failed to kill Tony. Somebody needed to kill Tony. Yeah, early, early on. Yeah, he, he tried. Was nothing and he but a tornado. Nothing but destruction. Yeah, that's right. He was gonna go after his girl. He knew all this was happening. Yeah. Even Sosa got screwed over by him. Yeah. yeah. And that was a big deal. Like, I didn't realize that either of like, oh, they just wanted to kill this guy. And then, but like actually seeing the, like the leaders in, from all of these countries and like, that's extremely high profile yeah. drama you've got going on. That's why Sosa called him like, what do you, I told you not to do that. Yeah. Because he tells him that when, when they meet up, he's like, after they kill Omar, mm-hmm. he's like, look, we're going to get, don't, don't ever screw me. 
Mm-hmm. Don't do that. He's like, oh, I will never do that. And then he does. Because and the thing does. is, is that I was noticed. He's he's really really cocky. He gets to the top of the Miami drug gang game, but there's still like a tiered system. He's small time because like he's still getting money in Colombia yeah. and all these other places. You can own a you can own a significant paramilitary. Yeah, right. not like a criminal yeah. organization with a bunch of automatic weapons or whatever, but a like, couple of goons like you have. But, but helicopters, he's, he's, yeah, that's what he's building. Armored like uh, personnel carriers, compounds. Those are the sort of things yeah. these other places can do. So like basically, it's like the United States can project power to whatever country we want, and a lot of them can't project power back. Yeah, I don't think, uh, at least as far as I could tell from the dynamic, that um, Tony can reach out. And touch these like Colombian drug no. lords, but they definitely can mm-hmm. the other direction. But I do think that he was motivated to get there, right? Like when he first buys that car at Frank's, that was I was like very confused. I'm like, when? How does he have money for a car already? And I realized it was Frank's, it was Frank's money. cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, get this bulletproofed, do this yeah. and this, this, and then like when he get, moves into his house, he's like, I want satellite phones, I want this and this and this. Like he's think like I think he wants to get that he, big. But I'm saying you're saying his environment makes it so he cannot get to the scale. He cannot be Pablo Escobar. No. He can't have that that can happen for him. Own a state. Right. Did right. you guys ever see that Tom Cruise movie about the guy who was running drugs? Mm. It's, it's some something similar happens in that movie where there he they end up, he gets he gets caught. He has to go undercover. And um what's called Made in America, I might be wrong. But Not Johnny Depp? No. Was he Tom, Tom Cruise. Was it a, yeah, he's, he's a, it was a true story about a pilot. Yeah. But uh, he knew this sort of left him out to dry the U.S. government, yeah. and he knew it was a wrap for him when they did that because he was like, "I know the type of people I'm dealing with. People who can send a military to my house, people who have boats and have aircraft. Like, I can't do this." So, so I, I think my conversation is going to have to since I don't know how long we have, but I'm, I'm going to start bleeding into. Um, oh yeah, no, we're on our end swing. Yeah. We've we've hit our climax, and now we are. <laughs> so it's gonna. The rest of my comments really kind of bleed into influences, mm-hmm. and so for instance, the reason why I have this this idea of like this power dynamic because the United States government is very powerful. And if it wants to shut certain things down, mm-hmm. like it'll squeeze out other places. But if they want to take out Tony Montana or Tony Montana, he's done. Yeah, like 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 they can shoot him. They'll find a way. Yeah. But um, I was watching Narcos, at least the first season of Narcos, mm-hmm. and when you watch that, like Pablo Escobar more or less owns a region like a state in colombia he's 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 like i said he's got that's what that's where i got like that's where my my vision uh, of like what is the the difference between like a top level drug lord in the united states how they can operate and how they can operate in other places and do you think Uh, that in 1980 him just getting here like do you think that he understood the the limits because he was talking about expanding to New York and LA and Chicago. Yeah, so he no. was he was thinking of growing. Um, do We're you, still talking about a different. He's like a, it's a different level. Still different level. Like a though. distribution and and um, what do you call it? Distribution and sales. You know, but we're talking about production and importation business. And those and, and it's just being in the United States. You you don't own your own military. If you start collecting. And, and you're not vehicles. Gro- and you're not growing the cocaine. Yeah, you're not okay. making the cocaine. So okay, moving past that piece, then. Sure. So he's growing, but I mean, he seemed to be have an idea of how he can keep being powerful, and I'm not sure why he would need an army other than to protect him. 
But like, yeah, we know he, why he needs an army he needs because yeah, he's going to get into trouble. But like, army. think about like what what actually broke this was he ended up having some values that he wouldn't kill a woman or the kids. And first of all, I think it was interesting that he's like, I told you I wouldn't do this. And it was like, we don't see that in the, at least in the version I saw. We don't hear him say he has this moral code that he won't do that. No. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I mean, that's what, that is what ends up happening is that he, he's doing everything. Well, here's the other piece. He's headed to jail. I mean, like, I, I forgot that about kind of where we, what happens in this movie that like when uh, during this last standoff he has nothing left anyway he's headed to jail his family's gone um killed his best friend the thing is like nobody likes him he's he's good enough but his organization is there so to a certain degree like the degree that he's a hothead and a liability like his organization might mostly stay in place if he dies and somebody more pliable or like manny even pliable yeah manny yeah Somebody Although Manny's not smart, right? Like, no. not, well, exactly I mean, the like, point. He exactly what they want. Yeah. He's the one who got them, right? Like, he had the deal with the cops. Yeah. He's the one who, like, uh, it ended up being a setup. It was that he's the one who But if, if you're that. Manny, why do you sleep with his sister? Because he loves her. Loves her. Yeah. Love. love. He Miami, doesn't sleep brother. with his sister. He marries his sister. Okay. But that's, yes, it's that's but, a different but thing. Here's the thing. Why do you, knowing everything... <clears throat> About Tony. <laughs> About Tony. What? Oh, we were going to tell you tomorrow. tomorrow. We were going to surprise yeah, no. him. No, like, surprise him maybe that they got engaged or something. Wait. No, they got married. Yeah, yeah they got married. Like, it didn't make any, that did not make any sense in this watching of it. Nope. Nope. Like, he's sure like, you don't know this guy. Also, yeah. I mean, she's cute and all, but, like, you have access to a, like. It's Miami. I, I was not. I was not convinced that he would have. She's not worth the risk. But the thing is, yeah. But also, <laughs> she's not the risk at all. Re- like, like if we think about real life, I'm sure this has happened a lot of times. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's basically a workplace romance. Yeah, yeah, pure, yeah. <laughs> to pure proximity. Star-crossed lovers. They're they're together. Yeah. She or, understands or because, his life. specifically because Tony told him no, right? Because mm-hmm. he's also he feels a way about like he's just horny the whole about movie. about because he's like we're partners. He's like, we're, you're, we're, you're my junior partner, right? So you might want to stick it to him, like in the little ways. Do you, that you think know that how. was part of it? I mean, I think part of it was also just the cats away, right? He's he's gone for a week or however long he's gonna be in New York, so they're hanging out. I was gonna talk about this next week, but I watched A Star Is Born, mm-hmm. also recently, and you, it's you like sometimes cried. I did, yeah, I cried. It was sure. very, it was very embarrassing to be crying <laughs> okay, in public like that. We got to play. No, I was just tearing up. But like tears running down my face, and it was just like I don't, I don't want to be doing this right now. It was not ugly crying, and yes, I was on a plane, so very close proximity to other people. Um, but just like okay, I can see the romantic scene of Tony's gone, so they're you know being a little bit less um, private, and they're together, and then it's like I want you to marry me, and then they go and get married. Like I can see how this like happened quickly, and in their minds it was a good idea. <laughs> but I don't oh think it my god. And also, just like don't don't disrespect your mom. Like, I don't know, because the, the mom called Tony. If the mom hadn't called Tony, maybe they would have surprised him, and maybe it would have been okay. Probably not. Manny would have died that night anyway. Was when Tony's compound got raided. Mm, Manny would, wasn't there though. He would have been there. Someone would have called Manny and said, "Come, Tony's wilding." He would have showed up, and he would have been dead. Yeah. Who might have gotten everyone? Home? Everyone in his organization died. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was going to happen. Like, there's no, 
Oh, poor Chi-Chi is just like, let me in. No. <laughs> like, you have the heavy guns. Maybe we could do this together. I could have watched your back. Nope, we got but shot. Tony was so done. He was high. Yeah. And you mentioned Chi-Chi. So him and Manny, the only actual Cuban characters we talked about in the movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, uh, yeah, pretty uh, white. Him and Chi-Chi. Um, and, that's, yeah. that's it? Well, his yeah, mom, what do you think his mom? Oh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't Cuban. I think she was, she might have been some other Latino, yeah. But, and also about his mom, she was like four years older than Tony, like in real life. No. Really? <laughs> I know it. I did wonder about that. How old was Tony supposed to be? That was, that's one of my notes. I don't know. I like, in my mind, he's a kid when he comes over, but like, he's yeah. not. It's Al Pacino. I love that scene. I think he was born in nineteen in the car. In the has, 1940s. He has the hat. He's like, will you kiss me with the hat? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's so funny. To me. <laughs> it was pretty like, funny. He's a psychopath. <laughs> he was born on May fifth, nineteen forty. Yeah, so he's so pretty he's old. In his early forties. Yeah. So but yeah, so what is he supposed Tony to Montana's be? Tony Montana's Wikipedia or what? <laughs> yeah, sorta. Okay. Sorta. Yeah. Because so, yeah, that was a question I had. Was I'd like, how old is someone? Tony probably eyeballed it on the paperwork that he has. That's what uh, I guess where they yeah, found it. Yeah. Multiple times on the paperwork, I'm sure he's got his. Date Wait, of birth. so his little sister is nineteen and he's forty? Yeah. yeah. That's what he's supposed to be in this? Really? He's 40, 40, 41, yeah. You're talking about, so you really are on Tony, not on Al Pacino? Yeah, yeah, I'm on Tony. Oh. That was the question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking up the mom character now. Wow. He's supposed to be 40 in this. So he's also should just know better because he's not a kid. But he's a psychopath. I kind of treated him like a 20-something year old. He's a sociopath. He's a literal Mm. sociopath. And he can't stop. Like, Like a shark. Like yeah. he he never stops being what that what he is. Yeah. He never questions himself. He never. And like and that's the thing. So as far as influences, right? First of all, it influenced a whole bunch of. Uh, I grew up like really liking hip hop, really liking rap, but it influenced a whole bunch of rap that I don't think ages well. Like, it was a lot of this sort of Scarface mafia sort of like and I'm like you guys were all small like not it even was drug fun at the time probably. though. What I, I don't know that I really liked it even at the time because I because yeah. at some point I was like there's no way that you are that and also a rapper. But I think they knew that. But they also had like this movie had come like given the ages of them, and when it was coming out in the '90s, people loved Scarface. So then they were pulling from like so like you know popular culture into the music. Like you're right that it, I agree it didn't age well, but for the time I think it was it was fun. I didn't like it at the time. Right. So it, I not did. only did it not like I mean the actual lyricism, but the the whole like mafioso um, how do you call it not decor but like uh, image yeah the, the lot of, it was a lot of New York rappers were were going for was just a I it was weird to say to think of it at the time but basically I think I thought it was corny yeah it was corny that's true yeah and so I don't I like and so I feel like that was a negative influence. Like, all of this, the world is yours, and this, and that, and, like, this guy, he, he lasts, like, three years, he, he, he gets his sister murdered, he... Kills ruined, his best friend. Kills his best friend, ruining his mom. He's not... You know what it is, is that, at some point, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Elvira, like, they're sitting at dinner, and she's like, we're losers. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was weird, because they, they have all this money, have all this, but the people around there don't, like, who are sitting around them, think they're trash. Yes. Yeah. Right, and he gets murdered fairly soon yeah. after. That's what he says. He's on, on the, top for a few years. He says, "I'm the bad guy." Yeah, it's so I'm like guy these guys who are. Who but it's are, not just being a bad guy. It's like, what are you? What do you? What's your goal? 
Like, well, even Frank was just like, enjoy, be happy. But this is not. this is a good part. Yeah, he's a trash human being, which makes it like so much of the stuff that was based off of admiring this movie has dropped down yet another peg for me. I agree. I think you're right on that one. Um, other influences that you guys kind of identify that we haven't covered yet? I think a couple. All GTA before. Vice City we talked yeah. about, but Miami Vice maybe, which yeah. came out like, uh, like a year a after. Letter, yeah. And then, um, well, video, there's a video game. As well. there's video a, games. There's a video all game. Over the place, yeah. Posters, artwork, recreations. When um, we watched um, Born in East LA, there's that scene at the end with <laughs> Cheech coming across with just a whole bunch of others um, wanting to immigrate into the US and just like overpowering the border and coming through. And we were like, oh, I wonder if our current administration has seen this and like this is their nightmare. On the flip, not on the flip side, but also on that side of the coin, I, I mean, I'm. This is probably something that our current administration also watches and is like uses this to fuel how they're treating people now. Well, like the so, fear of right? communism thing too. Yeah. Yeah. So in general, I think maybe this is a bad like this movie we can point to as another bad influence of some of the things that, in my mind, are harming us today. I mean, <clears throat> I, I mean, do this. you know? I mean, do you think that this movie is that powerful? You. I mean, yeah, we talk yes. about it all the time. We talk about in terms of representation on on the big screen and television. Exactly. It's also, like for for and I saw Trevor Noah talk about this in terms of Scarlett Johansson, which is like if you only get to play stereotypical parts for a large segment of this country, that's all they see and that's all they know, and they'll never get past that. So an image like. Tony Montana coming to the States and becoming a drug dealer and murdering them, even yeah. though he's not murdering any white people, murdering a bunch of other brown people, it still seems, seems like crime's coming to us and they're ruining our city. Right. Despite there being no truth to it. Okay. So, yeah, it has an influence for sure. Bruh, um, his mother was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She's really hot. Hey. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I like her. Yeah, that's good. a good picture. Yeah, so like it shows yeah. a good personality there. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it exactly ties into influences, but uh, I mean, the movie actually when it came out, it wasn't that big of a success as far no. as like how much it cost and how it much wasn't. it made. I think a lot of the money was made like on DVD and VHS sales. Mm. And starting with VHS, I don't know if you guys remember, like in the 80s, I would read my grandma's TV guide and we'd have, oh, here's the new VHS tape coming out. And they would be like $80 <laughs> no, for a VHS I don't remember tape. This. You guys what? remember how much like the original cost of VHS tapes? Like no. they were like really expensive. And so you were born in like 1978? 78, yeah. Okay. So, so we were both born in 1983. So our memories are a little different. Yeah. On, but VHSs were how much? They were like $80. So I'm not sure shit. why that price point, it was like, hey, if you want to like show like a feature film and you're like you have to like be balling to be able to afford it. That's so, almost forty years ago too. Yeah, and so it, that would have been a lot more money. And so I think once it was released in the double VHS tape, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah. like it made a lot of money. And then as DVDs came out and all that, like more and more money came. And then I mean, it wasn't until I was doing my research, like ET and stuff like that came out, where they dropped it down to like twenty five dollars for a VHS tape, where like yeah, you know people were like, hey, it makes more sense that they're affordable, so people right. can actually buy more of them. Yep. Um, yeah! So, wow. So this movie cost thirty-seven million dollars to make, and it made sixty-six million. Yeah. Oh, break so the bank. it's moderate success because I don't think marketing was what it was. was yeah. what it is you just kind of had a trailer and some commercials. But still, like that's a moderate success. Yeah. So, like you're saying, home video, um, 
being like a place where they can make a lot of money. Yeah, they'll have the 20th anniversary set, 35th anniversary yeah. set, and just and marketing or, or merchandising afterwards. They've been trying to reboot this movie like a thousand times. With Antoine Fuqua was attached to it at one point. Um, they keep trying to retell the story. I feel like this It'll is kind of like a Star Is Born, where that's like acceptable because it was already Al Capone. Now it's this. It'll they be. But you have to do it well. The only thing. It'll yeah, be Mexican The thing is, is that it'll be mess. A reboot. It, the problem with a rebooted um, Scarface is it now is competing with what it created. Right? Yeah. It has to be like this was a, probably a shocking movie, something new. But now we've been through Miami Vice, um, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Narcos. Any yeah. other list, Miami Vice, the movie, any yeah. list of these things. We've seen all of these drugs covered. How do you make something like Scarface we also have stand like out? Uh, the, um, so the films that were made based on like the mob from before, but made after this movie, mm-hmm. probably some influences too. So I'm thinking like Goodfellas and things like that. Yeah. Sure. Touch on this. But also I think the thing with the remake, the trouble you're going to run into is the Tony Montana character. Like how, what kind of character is he? Is he still the sociopath? Yes. What does that he look has like? to be a sociopath. What it look like in 2019? I think it just should like this. Be. I think these people still exist. Yeah. I, I mean, think it if, I think my try- question is, what drug is it? Fentanyl. So is he Chinese? No. He's Mexican. Triad. <laughs> the triad show up in every. I movie. mean, that would be more. That would be interesting to watch that from like an Asian um, immigrant, per- like because I mean, Al Capone was Italian immigrant. Then you have Cuban, Cuban. immigrant. Like a Chinese or other East Asian immigrant story where you end end up with something of this level with a drug that's relevant today. They'd make it Mexican, though. But that's... They would. Is Blow I'm not saying it's not right. I think the, they would do that. The like, next step of Scarface? Who? Blow. That wasn't a that remake. Was no. It's a true story, though. Yeah. Also a true story. Okay. Yeah. What about Once Upon a Time in Mexico? I just, this, this is the th- reason I don't know that they can remake it is because we've just, and I feel like this is what you're getting at, Kendon, is like we've seen it a lot in yeah. a lot of different ways. And so unless you're going to... different gonna, variants of it that have been done very well. Yeah. So unless yeah. you're going to follow Scarface like point by point, I think you keep it um, fairly similar to the extent you can. Maybe still a Cuban, maybe still uh, cocaine. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea, but I think they're gonna do it. I mean, I don't know how get, else you remake yeah, Scarface, and you, the, and you get the detention center, and, and it's all very topical. Thing. Yeah, you, well, I, I, you know, just for my, and maybe I'll report back if I get around to it. I might watch that original Scarface because mm-hmm. I doubt it's a beat for beat remake. No. I'm sure it's not, but my point is that there have been so many stories of like the drug business right and people coming in and making it and then dying and killing each other and like you're just kind of listing some of this and so and the wire covered a lot of this as well so i just i don't know that you can i don't think any loosely follow this on the asian aspect of it that is what like we've been all over latin america we've been all over all of these other places i think that's the best way i understand it's a a newer take it would be the freshest possible take that I can think of, right? Because like coming from Afghanistan or something like that, we've already had all of like like a whole bunch of Middle Eastern movies, especially since nine eleven. Yeah. So what other way could you do this sort of movie? And that's the only, that's I think the best option. Now I think you're probably right because these reboots tend to be more about things that people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. That it might just be Cuba again or yeah. something like that. But Some if South it takes American place country. now, it can't really be. Yeah, because it's not that moment in time anymore. Yeah, unless they don't make it modern and they just keep it in the eighties. Right. 
It's a little scared. I know, like, Shaft just came out recently. Yeah, yeah did you I see it? I probably came and went, no. And no, I did. Superfly, actually, too, I think, I came and go recently. So, like, just remakes like that coming and going uh, makes me a little yeah. scared. For they tried to make them modern and it didn't, it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, speaking of remakes, we also had a Top Gun uh, trailer come out. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I'm excited. It's I'm not hearing remake, good things. Though. Oh, no, it's a continuation. It's a sequel, yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. It's Ed Wood in that, right? Oh, Ed Harris? Yeah. He he's not the same actor, but he looks like the guy from the air the, the commander or whatever the from the aircraft yeah. character. I was like, I know you're a different actor, but it looks like you chose this guy on purpose. He's sure. perfect. He's yeah, perfect he's cast perfect. for it. Yeah. Absolutely. All no right. question there. Any more um yeah, so one thing that well, not an influence, but one thing that I was felt like was lacking in this story was like it was so sugar coated and glossy, it felt like and like what I think about is who's selling it, who are who's working for you, who's like all it is is like Tony's just like making money on the side and getting all of this money and I'm like, so you must have you're not out there selling this. So how how are you making this money? Where is it coming from? Um, who are your dealers? Because we we see some main characters, but I don't know. Yeah, we don't see them. Really. What, I don't see any of that. And like that part you is to a rap group called the Clips. <laughs> so that part is the hard part, I think. Like there's, and they didn't show any of that. They didn't show any of the actual like messy hard work that goes into this, which I thought was like you get like this a new Jack City movie about glamour. Yeah, and I don't think they want they, the, the. If you start showing that, it's yeah, it's, it's not, not New Jack City. We see them like making crack cocaine and backing it up. It's not right. that. They're just gonna show you. I make money. You're seeing this American dream he's living. You're not seeing all the ugly stuff. This is the movie yeah. about the CEO. Yeah. yeah, I just I thought that was interesting because you usually you see some of like what the worker bees are doing too, but we don't see that in this. Um, I also really liked. Well, I guess let, let's go in. If you have more influences, add them in. But what are your favorite things about this movie? What did oh, you like? The music. Oh. Yeah. Omar. Omar? Omar, man, he's great. Like, what about him? He's just a fun character. He's slimy and, like, I like his character. I felt he really sort of popped out. I you know like one Has he I... always been your favorite thing, or is this No, just on this rewatch. I, like, I really enjoyed Omar. Hmm. And all the quotes. Obviously. Yeah, the quotes are fun. One thing I liked, and I'm not, like, advocating, like, shooting law enforcement or anything like that. So let me <laughs> put that... Uh, but when Frank does like betray him like he shoots he has Frank shot and he turns around to the cop and the cop is very confident that he is invincible yeah Yeah, he's like you can't shoot a cop and no this is like he's he's been dealing like you get the impression he's been dealing with certain drug dealers or like like drug kingpins and this is a new breed Mm -hmm. and Tony's fine with killing him and there's something about that that was kind of impactful Mm mm-hmm it also reminds me of Marlowe, who in the Wire, who is like the next generation of drug of like drug kingpin in Baltimore, who, who didn't care about any of the co op or any of that. None, yeah, none of the the, the rules or whatever that the ecosystem that had been set yeah. up by the previous uh, Barksdale. Yeah, like he's just he was a psychopath or a sociopath yeah. in a lot of ways. And that scene also reminded me of the end of Harlem Nights, hmm. where. The cop didn't think he's gonna die. Like, why do you think he was gonna get killed? And then quick, and they put him in that bank vault, yeah, and locked the door. It's a terrifying idea. <laughs> breathe, breathe. <Yeah. laughs> Short breath. <laughs> yeah, but you know, same thing. Like, here's this guy who's been involved with the mob and thinks he's invincible. Yeah, he does not know things are changing. No, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, it's no not like he's like for old men. It's yeah, not same. like he's in a like a undercover position where because no. there are definitely law enforcement officers involved in all of this that are do know they're in like real danger and right. are nervous for their lives but like this guy did not seem like yeah, one of them he he's thought a, he's a dirt bag. yeah he thought he was in on this and safe chris what about you what's your favorite thing about this i would say uh just the city of miami i mm-hmm, mean i just mm-hmm. do my research though the not much of the film was shot in miami a lot of it was shot in los angeles just really due to the, the actual cubans they were like no you're not paying us in this light um oh. so they were going to do protests and all that so they shot a few things in miami but for the most part it was like la so cuban community at least in miami was like no don't do this yeah it was like you know tony wasn't actually the you know greatest character to kind of represent them and you know they're trying to live their normal lives like yeah. his, his mom did and so like yeah you guys are you know they didn't want protesters and all that at the set so they were like let's just go speaking, to la kind of speaking of did, did the brown face distract anybody else not me. No. No. I think I kept, when I, I kept no. not seeing like I kept seeing somebody playing it seemed a little insulting. It was insulting, but like And it uh, was distracting me throughout. I was like every time he was doing all these bad things that like the way you I, I say it because you just brought up that that community like didn't want to be portrayed that way. And not only that, they were being portrayed by I mean, he's Italian, but at that point like mainstream white actor portraying a violent latino person yeah i mean just with the whole little mermaid thing going on now yeah. and all that so just <laughs> all that ties in uh i'm just going back to miami though i, you know, I just went there recently for the first time um a year ago and congratulations yeah <laughs> tim had been trying to get me go for quite some time now but like had i gone in my we want to go and yeah. Yama, i'm glad you went after you're, after you're married yeah mm-hmm. so had i gone in my 20s or so i probably would never got back on the plane to come home and <laughs> i'd be doing a podcast in spanish right now with a mojito or something nice so, you can uh, have a mojito we don't we didn't yeah, make any but next yeah. time you come we can we get a mojito good. we can't so, do it in spanish because we don't vice, speak it yeah. but yeah, hey, you, you should. Come back from oh, Miami Mess. Well, let's see. As long as it's not three hours like uh, <laughs> this first one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. oh, I'm more on a 90-minute uh, yeah. movie right now. But we'll spread it out because we <laughs> need to watch at least three the pilot, episodes. Probably the pilot and a couple, a couple of episodes. Like, watch it over time. arc in the middle. Yeah. Um, okay, so my favorite thing is two things. One is the orange sunset wall with palm trees in frank's office of course i wanted that and i still don't understand why i don't have that in my house yet um and the fact i know you can have it i had encourage her i did make a painting i'm down to help paint it thanks i did paint a beach scene palm tree like i did it in like panels and then put it up on my wall so on my closet um, in undergrad so I did have a palm tree wall but it was not as cool as that one my favorite part was like that the door opened and you could walk out like yeah. the, it, the the door was painted too it's I love that so much and then the other thing I love is um, I think it's the climax of this movie how it ramps up so quick like he shoots Sosa's guy gets home shoots manny brings his sister like that's happening he's like in mountains of coke then they like are i mean it's just it is it is in intense like for a really long movie it's an intense like 30 minutes yeah ramping up to it and then he's dead and then he dies like jesus and like yeah i I, was like jesus uh, i don't know jesus got, got shot in the back high on cocaine 
I mean, I, I don't know. Fair, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. Fair. About as close as <laughs> yeah. He was like face down in, in a, on a fountain in his own home. Under, uh, with under, the world, uh, is, world yours. is yours above him. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Pay me back. But like, it was, I, I really like that. So I really like the way that this movie was made. I think that whoever was in charge of all of this was brilliant. And I really admire them. That's me. Yeah, see, I mean, I always have the orange shirt today. I don't know if that was orange is my favorite color. So I am almost always wearing something orange. I came home one day at our apartment, and she had spray painted the refrigerator. I did paint the refrigerator orange. Um, I did do that. So one one quick thing, as as a lawyer, (laughs) um, so go back to the chainsaw. (laughs) Back to the chainsaw scene. I mean, his his shirt was a pretty bright red. So would you recommend that that type of attire when you're going to like be part of a crime, or would you do something a little more? subdued or they just didn't seem to care right i thought that too we were just like you're showing up you're yeah so like definitely ways to like identify you um but like his gun is hitting out his uh uh waistline and then he just like covers it with his shirt i mean they were they were they were in broad daylight they were not hiding anything they were doing and i don't quite understand that piece like he really wasn't afraid of the law for some reason well he paid he's either paying with some law and the, the people the regular citizenry have a lot to lose to start talking. I did think it was interesting, though, because, like, the witnesses at that Colombian, like, at that hotel, um, like, the people across the street, those are, that's, like, the white part of Miami. Like, it's it's all young and old. And so they were probably, like, who are these brown people, cre- like, coming and bringing violence into our streets, right? Like, I'm sure that's part of this story. I also thought it was interesting. So we talked about like this is not painting us in a good light type of theme. Um, and in addition to the mom, one of the undercover cops, when he gets caught with the money, changing the money, he is Cuban. And he was like, that was an interesting thing, too, where he, he made comments about that. Like, you you make us look bad, um, yeah. which was interesting. Because, yeah, anyway. Did you, you guys think, see that you coming? He was, do you think he came from that first generation? The ones that came over, like like he may have been a kid, but he came over in the '60s, and so he probably adapted to the culture in a different way. Maybe, or he was born here, like his parents came over. Either or, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, very interesting stuff. Okay, anything else we got to talk about? We're almost at two hours. I can't believe it. I don't know how this happens. It's because it was a long movie. That's the reason why. Sorry, friends. You watched a long movie and then you got a long podcast, but hopefully you enjoyed it. I had fun. Chris, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, yeah, that was fun. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, we're so glad you made it. Thanks for coming I'm excited to meet you. Um, Didn't you go to USC? I did. Uh, Fight on Trojans. (laughs) And so you said you studied fine arts. Uh, Yeah, I ended up uh, majoring in fine arts, but you mentioned studying film. That's initially what I wanted to do. Um, but when I got to classes, like everyone's kind of nerdy, and I was like, I don't want to hang out with all these people uh, for all my classes. And now they're in Hollywood, they're, they're uh, making films, and I'm here uh, on this podcast. Oh, jeez! <laughs> you should. Where, where, where did Ryan Coogler go? USC. Hey. Who's at USC? So, too? and I yeah. wanted to go to USC. Um, I'm a it's little a bit younger than you guys, but like, <laughs> the reason I didn't apply was because of the uh, application fee. Oh. I was like, oh, this is a lot of money for like a whim of this is the school I want to go to, even though I had like done the tour and stuff. But I was like, this is too much to pay to apply. It was like 60 bucks. And we didn't have that. So PSA to any kids who are, (laughs) if you're listening to this and you're like about to go to college, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. But if you are, or if your parents, how about that? 
parents who might be listening to this and have kids applying for schools, there's a thing called a fee waiver. And I didn't learn about that in time. But I could have been making movies and said, I'm here making this podcast. Costco waived all your fees. To stay in Washington. But I could have been in USC. I could have been making money. Now I'm making... Friends. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you do come back from Miami Vice. I think it'll be really cool. Um, and friends, if you're liking this, let us know by giving us a rating. Uh, if there is feedback that you want to share or if there are recommendations or requests that you want to do for uh, episode topics, let us know. You can reach us at mit80s.podcast at gmail.com. Okay. We don't know what's coming next, but hopefully you enjoy it when. Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back. <laughs> Sorry.